0: If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed.
1: If you do read it, you're misinformed. Hmm. Mm, no. so what do you do? That's the great question. <laughs> what is the
2: long term effect of too much information?
0: Welcome back to the Wine Jar Cynics Podcast. Dio.
2: Gene.
1: And Mac, here to tell you why the fitness industry hates us.
2: I learned Italian in seven days. The
1: language industry hates us.
2: This is how it changed me.
1: <laughs> Clickbait. Look,
2: look, how much I, look how much Italian I learned in one week. I tried Spanish for one week. Much better titles.
0: You're about to learn how to do I can cook. I can, col-
2: I can cook a full turkey in under five minutes. This is raw. But it was fast. Language learners <laughs> nowadays. It's
0: essentially the secrets of the universe. We
2: will name this this man, the dastardly Man. But I I must concede, he is indeed clickbait. 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 So let's talk about um language learning. The ph- I guess we can call it the philosophy. Would you would we call it a hacks or a shortcuts or advice? We no, would
1: call it method. Methods. I
2: don't believe in in the word hacks.
1: And I have. I a- was
2: testing you. I wanted to see if you follow your creed. Did I pass? You did.
0: Boom.
2: Because when somebody says a shortcut or a hack, it's like there's not really. Sh- there, I mean, Soviet Russia. There are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts in the bread life. The breadline is the breadline. If someone says shortcut to anything, you got to. You got to be a little uh, cynical about that shortcut. I mean, especially with language learning. Actually, if anyth- there's no real shortcut.
0: The, the only thing I could say is there could be a system to make it more efficient.
2: And we, each, we were talking about yes. the, Remember the Team master Team master if you... I mean, all languages are different. So one method, uh, applying one method to another is obviously not going to work. But one thing is understanding your, your habits and... Your um, routines, right? I think that's something that's important too.
1: I think that's actually, you said habits. I think that's actually the first step. If you have good habits, and by good habits I mean regular, meaning that you do something every day towards your goal of, in this case, learning a language, that is better than any method. You could have the ultimate method, the absolute most efficient, most guaranteed to work. Guaranteed. 10 days. Every moment of your time invested yields twice the return. But if you never do it, then you never learn the damn language. So habits are the place to start.
2: Mentality too. And I guess I don't want to say motivation because I don't like that word. But I guess kind of a reasoning like all, all scenarios are different. Like if you have to. If you have to go do business in China, it's going to be a lot different than somebody who's doing it for uh, academia or they have to learn it because of school. You know, it depends on the situation, really. What
0: do really. you think about, like, language learning softwares?
2: I mean, remember when we did that? Uh,
0: See, that's why I, I'm think it's like some, it really de- some programs are trash. I think it just, it really has to, you
2: have to know what your learning style is and what you're comfortable with and what works for you. For example, for me, um. I I like learning vocabulary and linking it um there's like an interesting link te- technique. I remember when I was learning German, for example, um you, there's like a uh, a technique where you link words together and like um for example in German, uh lobster is Hummer, right? And do you you associate these two words by its most like ridiculous meaning, so lobster and Hummer. So I remember that uh, hummer, hummer is lobster in German because it sounds like a, I think of a lobster in in a hummer. You know what I mean? Like you have to find associations. No memory,
1: yeah. what mnemonics?
2: Mnemonics, something. stuff like that. It depends.
1: Vi- visualizing mnemonics is is one of the most. It's one of the best ways to memorize anything. Um, memory, just memory. That's um, yeah, but that's just that's just memory. I mean, language plays a huge part in like memory plays a huge part in language learning I mean so. there
2: there are learning methods too and there's you gotta understand like active and passive learning the difference between the, t- the yep. two it's a fact yeah what would how would you describe uh, passive versus active learning oh yeah I in general would,
0: uh,
2: that's something I thought was I mean
0: I'm as far as language learning I'm very, what worked for me was always just being active and it was just like you said being consistent doing it Every day. You can really accomplish so much in your language learning if you are putting in the time and effort on a daily basis.
1: And obviously, the more time that you put in, the better it will be. But even more than time is regularity. That's when people talk about like 15 minutes a day to learn a language. You're not going to learn a lot in 15 minutes. But if you but if you have and I, I wouldn't recommend it uh, Dio's over here shaking his head. I agree. You're, you're not going to learn the language well. But the stuff that you do learn, you will learn much better 15 minutes a day instead of three hours a week at one time. Uh, true. So if you break up the, if you're going to do something, consistency is just as important, if not more important, than time invested. So you, you need a balance between the two. So, I mean, personally, I think if you're learning a language at very minimum, you should invest a half an hour a day, but it needs to be a regular, optimal. I would say for somebody who is not learning a language full time, probably be forty five minutes to an hour mm-hmm. at least, and of dedicated language learning. I just for yeah for, for
0: languages when I was <clears throat> learning most efficiently or effectively, um, it's probably with with Chinese at mm-hmm. certain points and. I was just and I have very boring methods, Mm -hmm. very boring, dry methods, but they worked because I had a goal, yeah, and it didn't really matter if it was fun or not to me. I just wanted to get the.
2: That's why I think motivation is. uh, um, How do I say it? uh, Overrated. I think. What do you mean? I think motivation sometimes. Oh, you rely on motivation. Motivation is an emotion, and emotions run out. Instead of motivation, you should be using good habits and daily routines. Discipline. Because yeah, if you're you not, because if you're not disciplined and you just rely on motivation, the motivation goes away. Okay. Well, then what mo- do you motivation
1: have? in terms of like the there's goal. Two,
2: yeah, there's different types of motivation. Like motivation, a high, ar- an overarching motivation is different than motivation like in the moment. You know, in what terms I mean? of like mm-hmm. a fuel. Yeah, like th- I'm talking about fuel. Maybe yeah, fuel yeah. is better because you seem. Uh, I guess uh, so you're, th- you're th- the most in-
0: the most important thing for me actually. It's probably the structure. I need some form of structure and just like... uh, Procedural. Procedure, like a curriculum sort of thing that I can follow. Yeah, like something comprehensive. And I can usually... No matter... Because you know you try different textbooks. Mm -hmm. Some of them you like better than others. But generally speaking, it doesn't matter too much to me as long as I have some structure to follow and it kind of follows a general pathway. But just... For it was me sitting down, it really doesn't even matter the language, really, but mm-hmm. sitting down, going memorizing vocabulary pretty much exclusively this
1: is so important vocabulary,
2: yeah, I actually mm mm-hmm. yeah, you don't realize how important it is, and yeah, until you and then, to speak and to then someone.
0: more passively learning grammar exactly exactly, and I
1: was gonna say so f- for that hour of of practice that you do a day that is your active learning block whereas everything else you do that involves the language throughout the day whether it's just listening while you're driving the car or washing the dishes or whatever that would fall under passive listening passive learning which I have to say I was very skeptical skeptical of uh initially when I was learning Chinese um and I shouldn't have been because when I learned uh Samoan it was almost all passive learning um, Passive learning It has this weird way of Like if you put on the news And the news is usually recommended Because whatever language you're learning The news is going to be the most standard version of it The most proper dialect um, And they talk the most clearly <clears throat> So if you play that in the background While you're doing stuff it, it has this way of like rewiring your brain Because these phrases that you hear in the background They pop up so Later in your dedicated practice, while you're studying vocabulary, it will kind of arrange itself to the grammar. And in a lot of ways, while it's good to study some grammar, or at least read about it, grammar for the most part, when you're seeking fluency, grammar needs to be felt. Like, grammar really is a sense of of right when you're speaking and when you're listening. Like... And it, it really develops organically, and that's where that passive listening really does an excellent job of of, of being your friend. So, yeah, active passive listening or active passive learning is a uh, very important part of, of any language learning journey.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I remember just because you, you always hear same sort of phrases, like you said. Mm-hmm. You hear the same – well, it's grammar, so there, there's a structure. So you're gonna hear the same kind of sets, yep. Maybe interchanging <coughs> nouns and whatever, but you hear it over and over until it's like you can just piece it together. I didn't really ever study grammar, and mm-hmm. Chinese is a bit easier because the grammar is it's very simple. Simple, grammar. yeah. But I would listen to certain phrases that would pop up all the time, mm-hmm. and then I'm just replacing, replacing yep. words around and moving around, and with I would say. A lot of, like, uh, Chinese people are usually like, ni hao, oh, your Chinese is so good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But But legitimately. It's how you feel, (laughs) honestly. And and when you make
1: closer friends in China, they'll give you the real scoop on how your Chinese is, you know?
0: Yeah. And at points, I was really, I was quite good for Mm -hmm. the limited amount of time that I had studied. Sure. Simply using that sort of technique, trying to listen and imitate using the vocabulary I know to imitate mm-hmm. what I was hearing from other people.
1: And that shadowing—that's another technique. Like if somebody says something that you like, you can just imitate them, and uh, that's a great way to add. I, I have a buddy; uh, he's very good in Chinese. One of the techniques he really—he's all about passive listening because to him, like it comes when you, when you talk to people about learning language. Just like any skill, they'll bring up the ten thousand hour mark to become like great at something. You need ten thousand hours. Language is no exception. And if you think about your one hour a day, stretched out over a year, that's only three hundred and sixty-five hours. You know, uh, a year. And if you stretch that out to, you know, to get ten thousand hours, it's. It's many years, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So, but you're not taking into account that literally every time you use that language, that adds to the clock. So your 10,000 hours grows exponentially, really, because as you get better in the language, you're able to use it more. Well, that's why my friend was so, um, he was so into the the passive learning, because you can fill so much of your day with that language, with that target language. Whether or not you are actively aware of it or not, and that is counting towards that ten thousand hour mark.
2: Oh, are you mean? Do you mean like kind of having like um almost changing your environment and making it passive? Complete complete. like ha- like having like posters and stuff with Chinese characters. Oh,
1: even even that. Like if you could completely isolate yourself from your your native language to your target one,
2: it's called integration, right? This is the integration. Um, it's
1: complete integration. So there's there's kind of a false integration that's like oh i want to learn chinese i'm going to go live in china and then you hang
2: out with a bunch of americans
1: (laughs) well exactly and then the chinese people you talk to they want to talk to you in english and
2: yeah uh, exactly
1: the chinese that you do learn is so specific to your routine that you only use that you get really good at a couple phrases right whereas total immersion is just refusal to even acknowledge English yeah
2: immersion Mm -hmm, exactly you
1: you are everything you look at is Chinese everything you hear is Chinese everything you say is Chinese and that that definitely has um, that has a lot of benefit in the background but what I'm saying is for those of us who are here in America and we're learning say Chinese during your free time or during time that you're not like just in the background you put the you know uh, what is it, c uh, CCN or CNC Chinese news network uh, or c cGTV CGTV you you play a Chinese you know Beijing news Chinese news you play it in the background or
2: Taiwanese news
1: no, no nice. you don't want to speak like a Thai, Taiwanese person
2: that's true never mind
1: I don't personally I don't like, t- I don't care for the act no offense Taiwan I love your food I love your Buddhist temples. I can't stand you guys. I like accent. you like
2: the the hard uh, Beijing accent, right? The I
1: I, I I like the northern accents. The the Taiwanese accent. I'm not gonna lie, it it sounds real lithby. Yeah, yeah um, it's more feminine. It's through the teeth. I mean, you're talking through your teeth a lot, so it's not my cup of tea. I ain't hating, just not for me. But uh, <laughs> you know,
2: yeah, because each their own. Some people learn specific. Uh, not. Dialects but, um, Accents Accents Some yeah. people like the way That Spaniards speak Some people like the way um, Colombians speak In Spanish Hey
1: continental Spanish Is great Gracias Yeah Barcelona <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Exactly But in, um, the, in And then some, For
2: example Some people like to um, When they learn Italian They want to learn Their Sardinian um, Way of speaking
1: I'm all about The Sicilian baby
2: Or there are some people When they want to learn um, Arabic They learn the Egyptian way The Egyptian Which, Yeah you just
0: have a preference like how it sounds, cooler or, or people for that you reason. know,
1: the people you Al-Jazira. associate with. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's really big. And so so my buddy, he would be real big on this passive listening. To you know, this fills in your hours. But one of the exercises he would do when he would sit down and like study, is shadowing, where he'd take like an actor that he really liked the way they talk in that language, right? Oh yeah. That's a good. hmm. And he would play like just as they would talk, he would be like a step behind them. So as they're saying something, he tries to mimic what they're saying, how they're saying it, their tone, their intonation, just everything. You try to copy their sound for as long as you can. And it's tough at first, but once you get into it, even if you don't know what you're saying, you're just trying to copy the sound and it trains your mouth really well. Cause that's, you got to consider your mouth is is just a bunch of muscles, and your muscle, the muscles in your mouth are used to making English sounds. So when you're learning a new language, um, a big part of how you speak it, your accent, everything, is because your the muscles in your mouth are not used to speaking that language, and so just speaking drills, like if you see singers or actors, they'll do weird like. Um,
3: I uh, ate the thing, yeah. I, 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 yeah.
1: then they move their mouth. That's exercising their mouth. They're stretching it. And so you can do the same sort of thing. A buddy of mine had a, a different friend. He had what's called two-tone drills where he would take words that had uh, different tones and he would speak, ma, 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 ma. And he'd speak them real loud, enunciate real clear. He'd have, ba, jie, ba, jie, Right? He would practice like that and it really gets your mouth muscles used to making the tones and making the sounds that sort of thing
2: <clears throat> uh, this is kind of remind me of the back to the idea of uh motivation um the culture does play a part in helping you want to learn the language so definitely if you like the movies i think it, it helps
1: it makes I, it easier
2: it makes it easier
0: i never had that with any language. well so.
2: you're a robot that's why <laughs> I just don't, it, it
0: didn't have any effect <laughs> on me, but I would always. It I, I, I would, we're talking <laughs> to
2: actual humans, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking to humans, not robots.
0: Well, a lot didn't, but there were the there was always just a few, that's what I mean. Like, and actually, oftentimes they sucked
2: the way I see it. Um, it, it really depends on who you are, what your goals are. I mean, why are you learning the language? What are your styles? What's your personality? I mean, a lot of things well, are playing. Uh, there's let's no do, one size fits the one solution fits everybody. There's no cookie cutter solution. No, so yeah. it's, it is very personal. For example, you what if you're learning German for uh, a physics course? I mean, yeah, it's gonna have to be dry, regardless. So, like you said, like the like if you want to go to Germany and do a bachelor's in German to for um, theoretical physics, not theoretical physics, but. Uh, ast um, well, astronomy. You know what I mean? Like your, it just your purpose.
1: Your purpose is different then. your purpose is specifically purpose. for that. If you're learning a language because you want to, I mean, yeah. If, so let's say you're learning a language as a hobby.
2: As a hobby, yet yeah. we
1: can assume that the language that you're learning, you have some interest in the culture, the people. You, we can safely assume you have some sort of reason for wanting to learn to take this time to learn it. But yeah. So within that, I mean, so let's say. My
2: question is: How would you? What's your advice to people who want to learn a language for more industrial purposes, for work, or for a university course, something like that?
1: I mean, you just on that one. Well, you have a
2: deadline in a way, like you. Okay, I only have like uh, f- two years to learn okay, German. Okay,
1: my my advice to that would be everything we've said. You have the motivation of the of the grade or the business or something like that. That's your motivation. In terms of kind of greasing the wheels a bit, what I would say is. We live in an age where there's we have such a surplus of media. You can find something, a subject that you like, that has some sort of media printed or published or or recorded for you to consume. So uh, another one, that first friend that likes shadowing, he's real big on podcasts in the language, in the target language. Because subjects are so far apart. Like, let's say... Nothing about Chinese interests you. Like, when you think of Chinese culture, just stereotypical Chinese stuff, right? Martial arts, uh, uh, fucking poetry, pottery, you know. Ancient stuff, history or something. Ancient history, warfare, things like that we, in America, think of, you know, Chinese food culture. None of this interests you. Not a thing of it, mm-hmm. right? None of the legends, none of the mythology, nothing. Um, But let's say you're super into, like, um cars cars just get your dick hard right i guarantee you can find a podcast in chinese about cars that you can listen to and then you're going to learn all this vocabulary about cars you're going to hear the language being spoken in a natural way you're going to get exposure to it and it's going to be great most people aren't that (laughs) one-dimensional but if you are i mean especially a place like china it's just they, they they make a lot of media if, obviously, if you're learning a more fringe language, um,
2: Basque, <laughs> you need Basque. to. You, I must learn Basque. I'm just I mean, kidding. I
1: mean, yeah, if you're learning Basque or or even let's say, what's 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 some good fringe languages that you don't think of? Flemish. Let's say you're learning Flemish, you you're gonna probably have a, a slightly more difficult time. Finding stuff that you're interested in, which even goes where if you're learning something that remote, you probably have another reason to do it. You probably have more of a cultural or interpersonal relationship reason for wanting to learn Flemish, Scottish Gaelic, um, any of the Polynesian languages, some African indigenous languages, you know, these, these are ones that... You wouldn't think of it as producing a ton of modern-day media, movies, music, right? But hopefully you would have somebody you could talk to, somebody that you could work with in that way. So there's, there's always a way to find find a way to motivate you. But again, if you're just learning for industrious reasons or school reasons, it's probably one of the big languages, and therefore you're yeah. probably going to have plenty of media to consume. So. German,
2: French, Spanish, something like that.
1: Yeah, the big Europeans, the big Asians.
2: How about this? How about for <coughs> people? Because I always see this in like the comments, like okay, but there's so much. What do I learn? There's so many things, so many uh, different um, uh, resources and supplementary mm-hmm. stuff. Like, what do I, mean, I pick?
0: Find one that's. I mean, you can just look at reviews if you're looking for like a textbook. Find one that's yeah. popular and it's got good reviews. Use that as your basis for just your picking up the core pillar. Of, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the foundation, foundational pillar, and the rest. I think like Max said. Find something you're interested in, something mm-hmm. that you regularly talk about, or just already researching I, and looking into. I, I I agree with
1: you big time on on having structure. So there's a lot of there's a lot of books and there's a lot of methods out that I think are really good. So one of the ones I really like and I recommend to anyone listening is the Fluent Forever book by Gabriel. I think Weiner is his last name. Um, really good approach. For people that don't know the kind of the central principle of this is uh, Anki. Is it everyone know Anki?
2: Oh, I think that's for a vocab for like flashcards?
1: It's it's a flashcard program and it's one that you have just complete control over. So he has a pretty in depth method of using Anki.
2: Oh, become fluent in any language?
1: Yeah, that's his book. Fluent Speak? Forever. So he's he's his his method is basically this. I'll try to summarize it very quickly. Is the book's a Easy read. I recommend it for anyone that's interested in language because it'll inspire you, if nothing else. The guy was working a nine-to-five job. He wanted to be an opera singer. He, oh. He stopped like, to be an opera singer, you have to sing in many languages. So he decided he would study these languages. So he would do things like the immersion programs at uh what's it called Middlebury, right? But he didn't want to go in as an absolute beginner, so he would study himself. And through these methods, he looked into and... Memory, where they talked about mnemonic devices like Gene was saying. They talk about memory palace, right? Um, he found ways to to learn languages quickly, proficiently. And so he, he knows and he, sp- he speaks well something like seven or eight languages, right? Now, most people don't need to be that ambitious, but the, the method still works for anyone. And his method is basically um, start by learning the 600-something most common words in that language. So he's really... Another principle that's big nowadays in the self-help community, language learning, all this stuff is the 80-20 principle, which is 80% of the words that you'll use as a fluent speaker, or 20% of a language's vocabulary is going to constitute 80% of the words you'll use in a day-to-day conversation, right? And so those 20... Percent, the 20% is usually um, around 600 words, right? Depending on the language, depending on its vocabulary. But once you know that, being if you're 70%, 80% fluent, you, that's pretty fluent in a language, right? Now, from there, you get into like the point of diminishing returns where you have to invest more time for less of a return. And it, the higher up you go, the more time it takes with less returns, right? So, really, you start off wanting to just get a good, solid vocabulary. So, he, rec- he has a list that he compiled of, like, the 600-something most common words in English. So, he, you have that list, you find it for your language, and you plug it into Anki. He teaches you how to make vocabulary cards with pictures and, you know, spoken samples from native speakers through a website called Forvo, which has spoken word samples. You make these flashcards, Uh, Because it's a spaced repetition system, it spaces them out, so it puts them up on your queue to review them at the perfect time to maximize, you know, memory. You don't have to worry about it. The computer does all that stuff. You just make the cards. After you learn those those words, then you start, you'll take your textbook. That's where you start getting a little bit of grammar. That's where you start learning how to take those words and start making some sentences. Then you start adding words to your your decks, right, to your flashcard decks. And it's just this process that's very heavy on vocabulary. But then grammar, you just kind of reference the grammar books. You have kind of your structure that way. Um, and then you also have your, your background stuff. Once you get pretty good, then you start doing things with native speakers. Do something like italki. Find a tutor online. It's worth paying for to just have, you know, weekly, biweekly talk sessions. Try to read books, or take, find a girlfriend. That's actually the number one thing. They
2: always told think. me that. Go find a find a Chinese girlfriend. Any, anytime you're learning a
1: language, date the person in the language. Was it Tung Lushu who told
2: me? Tung told us that.
1: That wouldn't surprise me. Like For anyone that studies languages, that's a huge, like, date someone in there. But anyway, so this method works really good. Like, it's it feels right. It feels really good, right? Problem is, I'm really like, deal. I don't. I need a bit more structure in my language learning and having like lessons set up that I can work around. I can incorporate the Fluent Forever thing into that, but to just like, oh, just find words and study words, it's a little too open-ended for me. So having a really good textbook with structure and lessons that build on themselves, um, that's invaluable, I think. But a nice mix of that, especially if you're self-studying, I think that's the best way to go.
0: Yeah, and I think sometimes it can do a disservice. Like a lot of people want to jump into the apps where you're interacting with someone. Oh, yeah. It's a
1: waste of money at first, I think.
0: Which, and it also, it's like you jump in too early and you feel like, I can't really hold the conversation. You end up just speaking in your native
1: language. Well, either you're going to speak in your native language, or they're going to talk way above you, or they're going to talk down to your level, which at its basic level, you could do from a book.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like almost, almost, unless it's a language that has really weird pronunciation rules that you need somebody to walk you through the pronunciation, w- once you can read the language and pronounce it well, you can do a lot of it through the book. Yeah. But it, it, the flow of conversation after a certain level, that's where tutors really come in handy. Yeah,
2: Speaking of that problem, also that um, exists in many other fields too, specifically uh, for programming. Some people often complain Oh, either it's too easy or it's too hard, and that you, that's why you have to find what's right, what's on your level. Because if it's too easy, you're gonna get bored. If it's too hard, you're gonna get discouraged. So you have to find that uh, medium, the balance, the golden mean, mm-hmm. right? That's the thing. Um, sometimes, I, yeah. I mean, I'm look, I'm thinking about the software, w- bringing that up again because I'm like, hmm. I, I mean, there's some softwares can be really good. Some can be bad
0: there's some if it's like uh flashcard sort of stuff and it's like got it's an algorithm a, that kind of, you, of puts you know quizlet puts it back in strategically
2: some some quizlet sites they they have language learning flashcards already made so you S- don't have S- to make too. them
1: srs S- is is the default for anyone that doesn't know space repetition i quick summary you guys are familiar with space repetition right
2: um yeah i've heard of it
1: okay so basically it's it's this the optimal time to refresh uh, anything you learn, not just a word or language, but anything you learn is right before you forget it. Because the act of trying to remember it when it's like on the tip of your tongue reinforces like the, the extra brain power, reinforces the, the neural connections to it. And so you'll learn it. It'll stay longer. So basically what you do is today I learned 10 words and then I make flashcards Tomorrow I review the flashcards and let's say I learn all of them are really easy. I remember them. What happens is now it'll tell me in two days it'll feed me back those cards and and for review, right? Let's say eight of them I remember really easily. One of them or two of them I didn't remember. I tell tell the program I didn't remember those two. I remember the rest of them really easy. The eight that were really easy, now they're going to double the time again, so I won't see them again for four days. However, the ones that I forgot, I'll see them again the next day. Then four days pass, and I, I get these cards again, these eight, and I remember seven of them really well. The other one I don't. Now the, the seven that I remember really well, I won't get them again for eight days. And then the one I missed, I'll do the next day. Right. And then I'm doing this every day with, I'm adding more cards progressively, but it's also having me review the cards. So it's spreading out times to, it's doubling the time that I don't have it each time. And the eventual idea is that it gets so far out there, it's been so hardwired in your brain that you're just going to remember it. And mm-hmm. that's the beauty of SRS. And so pretty much any, any program you use that doesn't use SRS. Is, is It doesn't have your best interest in mind because it's so common for Quizlet, for Anki, for any f- straight flashcard program. But even more than that, even if it's a language program that has flashcards or even a review system, it should be SRS. Even Pleco, which is a digital app that is a it's a Chinese dictionary. You can take a word and add it to your flashcards on there. They use an SRS system (laughs) on the bloody dictionary. So, if it does, you should always check that whatever program you're using uses SRS in some capacity. Yeah.
0: And and that reminds me, actually, (coughs) that's pretty. I never used any like online softwares. I always made my own flashcards, but Mm -hmm. that's what, that's kind of the system I would do. But I I think that's better because sometimes your
2: own handwriting is.
1: There's merit to that.
0: And and writing, just writing, it also helps. But yeah, I. Go through, like the first chapter, you get a set of mm-hmm. vocabulary. I go through them until pretty much I know them all. Mm-hmm. You know them all, and the next day, you get next chapter or whatever, next week, whatever, you input more vocabulary, go through them. You miss some, you set them aside, go through it again, mm-hmm. eventually until you get them all. And then to points where, okay, these are very solid, you set them apart. Mm-hmm. Set them aside into a separate pile, and then keep going through that that building set of flashcards until it kind of well, sets in. So it's, you, you need the repetition. A lot of people go through a chapter, a set of vocabulary and alone. then they'll leave it. You're going to forget it.
2: Yeah. Mastery is important.
0: You also don't, this
1: is where SRS. So writing the cards, that's actually how SRS started was the guy who developed this a while ago. They were all unwritten. written. So he had a system of like seven shoeboxes. And he'd make cards and he would put them in different shoeboxes and each one would have like your review days based mm. on the calendar. And it started like that. They just made an algorithm for it for digital stuff. Uh, and there is something to be said about drawing your own flashcard. The, the good thing about that Fluent Forever is you're doing the digital one. Going through the process of selecting the image, etc. that's kind of the equivalent of, of drawing, right, in, in its own way. But anyway, the, he, he explains it better. Um, The other thing is Don't review them too frequently Because if you review If you review stuff daily Right If you review it every single day You actually don't give yourself a chance To almost forget it And so you almost become Reliant on the regular refreshers So that's why Allowing yourself to almost forget it Strengthens that Right It's kind of uh, handicapping you so that you can get stronger from it, but if you're reviewing it every super Saiyan style, well, oh, exactly, it's putting weights on. <laughs> but if if you're just reviewing it every single day, you never like it's it's always right there in front of you. So there's that, but then there's also the time aspect. What are you going to do when you know you know five thousand, ten thousand words? Right, you can't just keep reviewing those every single day. So the whole point is, if you know something, why would you spend your time reviewing it? If you already know it, right? So, it's it, you don't want to just be over studying, right? But you do need to review your stuff. So that's that's where, true because um,
0: especially y- if you've got other if that's responsibility because uh, re- <laughs> yeah.
2: reviewing is a key at, to understanding. At that
0: time, I could do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and
1: that's the thing about SRS is it, it you can do it within a half hour because it's spreading. Like, let's say you add fifty words a day. After your first little bit, I mean, you're only going to be able to, like it'll take like a half hour to review this stuff, but that's a half hour like your commute to work or you're, you know, you're riding the bus. Whereas if you're doing it every single day, then every day your, your, your language learning is going to exponentially grow the time needed for it. But if you do like 50 new cards a day, just throwing that out there, then it's going to be spaced out enough to where you're not doing hundreds of cards a day. Right, because the way that each day separates them and grows, and some you know you forget some cards, you remember
0: cards. It's it's gonna keep it all spaced out. So, and some in some things it does depend on the language. You can build certain strategies. Chinese, you have to write. Oh, absolutely, you have to write the characters. So.
2: Yeah, yeah. then the stroke <laughs> order, I, I, I tried strip. not yeah. to,
1: and yeah, you you got to. It's and you you do the same sort of thing. You can do an SRS practice writing them. Same sort of thing. But I did all the writing was always a weak part for me in Chinese because it's hard, and uh, the only way I got it was you have to constantly test yourself. Yeah, it's like I'd write them out, write them out, but then you have to start covering the the other ones and then write it by memory. And when you
2: think you know them, you actually don't know them. Why is um shish so hard to freaking write? Is it's bitch. why.
0: Oh, it's easy. It now is now. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you know, it, it was one of the, on the harder very ones first be, test? Because oh it's in. Yeah, I remember
1: a, that. Why? It's, a three, it's three It's three sub characters. And it's because it.
0: a it's a word and a character you learn so early on, but it is complicated. Mm-hmm. It is a little complicated. Absolutely. Um. But yeah. So I my strategy for Chinese say I had flashcards for the writing. I have the English. Okay. I would say the pin. Which is, yeah. Uh, write the opinion, write the character, and say it out loud. Oh, Byang. Is it like Rose? Fuck
1: Byang.
2: Well, that's a really complicated Yeah, Byang. Above, made of 57 strokes. This character occurs in the written form of.
1: Above? Yeah. No, I'll take Shang. What? Huh? It, it means, it means <laughs> above? Hey, I'll take Shang.
0: It means above? Yeah.
2: Why?
1: Byung. Why? Byung.
2: Imagine somebody's trying to write a note to you. Above.
1: Guarantee there's a (laughs)
0: simplified version,
1: (laughs) okay.
2: Sometimes (laughs) I kind of understand why there's simple simplified exists,
0: (laughs) yeah. It does help. I
2: but sometimes, like traditional characters, like we were talking about, are actually more there's more meaning in more more meaning, and therefore it's easier, easier easier to learn. Like, like love, it has the heart in it, but but in simplified, you don't have the heart.
0: Pain to write
2: that is true, but actually,
0: unless you get to like cursive.
2: Oh, Chinese cursive? Chinese cursive. You're, you're already trying to...
0: For a while, I could do it. Dang. I could do you're Chinese in a whole new cursive.
2: level. How about this? Chinese s- Chinese cursive, but you do mirror writing backwards.
0: Okay, I can't do that.
2: Da Vinci, <laughs> with your left hand.
0: But I could do Chinese... Because Chinese people write Chinese cursive. But eventually you get the flow. Because once you have the stroke order... Chinese
2: cursive must look really cool. It
0: kind of flips. No, it looks ugly, but... Oh, never mind. Yeah, grass script. Yeah. Fuck that shit It looks disgusting
2: <laughs> Let me see script. <laughs> Grass script.
0: Yeah
2: I forget what it's called. You know what looks really cool Um, Greek Greek letters Cursive Cursive Greek letters Oh yeah It looks yeah A little Whoa That's yeah It looks like Scribbles Yeah
1: It's It's my least of the It's my least favorite script
2: Okay One thing I actually Want to Want to go before Is the most important thing Is how do you know What you know What's the ultimate test to knowing that you know that?
1: How, uh, how do you demonstrate
2: your mastery? Because, for example, what I did is I actually went to the goethe Institute for German mm-hmm. and actually took an, a, a real examination at the, I'm not going to name the university, but obviously university, and um, I did horrible on everything <clears> except <throat> speaking. But, I did, yeah, I did pretty horrible on writing and reading.
1: How do you know what you know?
2: How do you know what you know? I th- at least for speaking, you have to try to speak to another person and then you'll know right away. For writing, you'll have to write a paper, then someone has to correct it for listening.
1: So I, I think just... You, you never really know. Well, and you, yeah, like,
2: until you... Yeah, like, what's the best way of testing yourself to see if you actually know? That's the big question. You you never fully know.
1: And I know that's kind of a cop-out answer. But, <laughs> but no, I mean, you A
2: philosophical a cop-out? Well, you're like, you never know. Well, no, because like... You never know.
1: You, your shit can change from day to day. Like, you yeah. can... Anyone who speaks a foreign language or a de- multiple languages, they, they have that where some days
0: they're just on fire. Well, it, it depends on the situation. It could be the topic. You feel like, oh, oh exactly. I yeah. understood everything here. And then you go talk with this other person and they're bringing up all this other stuff. But I mean, that, and you're that, like, that, that
1: can I happen am, in English too.
0: Yeah. It's like the you, same thing. you go
1: hang out with somebody who's like a lawyer, quantum physics or law or something. They talk in a bunch of jargon that you've never heard and you'll feel It'll like, make
0: you feel like, you know, nothing.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, why wouldn't it happen in another language as well? So, I mean, I guess you could say, like, first off, it depends on what is your goal. And when you say fluent, you need to be specific. Like, fluent to what extent? Like, do I want to be able to go through an entire day without speaking my native language? Right? Do I want to be able to read an uh, entire, like, adult novel or a textbook in this language? Do I want to be able to watch a movie without subtitles? and by knowing your goal if you're able to do that then you you know what you know <laughs> right so i think that's a real personal thing like yeah. if it's if it's for school or for work then you delivered the business meeting in the language and everyone's happy and you did great well you know what you know you mission accomplished if you pass the course and you did everything you needed to then for your purposes you know what you know so i think it just depends on what your goals are
0: and also kind of where you're there's, like, levels. There are levels. Sure. So if you're, like, at a high level, mm-hmm. you can kind of judge based off of, like, okay, I watched this movie, and I, I couldn't understand anything, and it's a normal movie. Yeah. Like, I'm probably not as good as I thought. Sure. Versus if you're more in, like, the beginner or even intermediate stage, it's probably harder to judge.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Like, if, if you... Well, even then, that comes down to your own, like what are you trying to be or what do you think you are? So if you think you're not good and you don't understand a movie, you won't be surprised. If you think you're pretty good and you understand the movie, then you know that's what you thought. You, you know what
0: and I mean? That, like, and, that, yeah, and that's ca- just listen. It's, it's like I mean, totally I'm kinda complicated. Te- yeah, I'm kind of <laughs>
2: tempted to say go go and try an online test. But even then, I mean, like, so yeah. I
0: know people who have
1: taken the HSK and their Chinese is not particularly Same. Good. Yeah,
0: and that's what was like. Why do I need to take the HSK? I'm better than this person. It's <laughs> a, and there's
1: in Europe. I know they have the A A one A two C two. Yeah, it's, they have yeah. that, and it's the same sort of thing. Like you can learn to get really good at taking tests. Yes, I know. Things, yeah, that is true. I know they had like um, at, at my university um, and in the military for linguists. They have uh, phone tests where basically you'll speak with a native speaker and they will ask you just to say stuff, just to talk. And then based on how you answer certain questions, they'll either raise the level or they'll lower the level. And so by the end of the conversation, they have a good idea of what your level is, right? And this is based on real functional, functional use of the language.
2: Yeah, functional use.
1: Right, because if you're able to talk philosophy in the same way we're speaking in English, but in Chinese, then obviously... Like if you're able to do this entire podcast, but in Chinese with a Chinese person, then your Chinese is going to be functional. I mean, it's going to be functionally fluent. Can average. they
2: copy our catchphrases? No, they can't. We don't. What do you mean? We don't have a catchphrase, do we? Os. Os? Booyah. <laughs> Booyah. Booyah. <laughs> you're taking me back. <laughs>
1: But I mean, so so there are tests that help, but you got to have somebody who's trained in that method of testing. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. I would say,
0: yeah, that sort of test would be the best way. And Probably it kind of goes accurate.
2: to what you, what do you, what do you want to be well-rounded? Do you want to write German poetry? Do you want to solve equations? That
0: would, uh, that would only cover the listening and speaking for Chinese. It would, mm. You would have no idea if they could
2: write or not. For example, like when, I, um, if you want to learn, um, go to a German university, depending on what or there's something called a prep school in German, It's called Studienkolleg, das prep. right? And in Studienkolleg, depending on which um what course you pick, so if it's you pick a T course, which is technol technology course, so anything any scientific discipline like physics or math or biology, you have to you have to know a certain level of German. Like I think it's B2 minimum, B2, but preferably C1. But if you want to learn German, you have, you want to go to like an M course. No, or was it M course? One of the courses like philosophy or uh, German literature, then you have to go C2. And it makes sense because when you're learning math, I mean, a lot of it, everybody uses Arabic numerals. So even if you, 2 plus 2 is in, in whatever language is still 2 plus 2, or some of the equations in algebra. What, M, what I mean, ah, I don't even want to talk about algebra, but... You know what I mean?
0: Y equals y equals mx plus b. I know. Plus b. I know. Is that what you were going for? I just got
2: bad <laughs> memories. You were, you gave me P. A squared. You give me plus bad. b squared. <laughs> equals, equals c squared. Stop c squared. it! Stop bringing up math. <laughs> no, that's philosophy. That's true. Uh, Pythagoras. Pythagoras. Yeah. I used to make fun of Pythagoras. I I regret it.
1: He's an easy target.
2: I used to think it was a dumb name, and I, and and then it's funny because um our teacher was a a Greek guy. His name was Trochilakis.
1: Yeah, Pythagoras is less odd. And we say Pythag- Pythagoras. Didn't you name your son Pythagoras? I don't know. I don't know you tell me. Name dropping.
2: <laughs> Does he no, even I named have him, a son? I, n- I named him Proteus. Proteus, oh. Proteus the wise. <laughs> well said. And then uh, my other son I named him Seneca the Younger.
0: I knew that was coming. Yeah. I knew, Proteus? The, I knew the Proteus name
2: drop was coming as soon as <laughs> 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 How do you know that Proteus? <laughs> because it's, Proteus. Just, it's, too, it's right too easy. <laughs> it's People too easy. wait wait, you know what? I feel like that when you
1: say Proteus the Wise is the D&D character though. Proteus the Wise. I am Proteus the Wise.
2: <laughs> the gadfly.
1: If you seek to pass, you'll answer these questions three. <laughs> <laughs> Proteus the
2: Wise. Am I the wisest but man?
1: I I hate Proteus wise. No one shall pass.
2: <laughs> that's. Can they copy our, copy our uh, catchphrase? Can they? With Chinese? These, yeah, could they? I don't think it translates well enough.
1: I don't know what my catchphrase is.
2: Booyah! Means. I can't even do it. I do think you're better yet. yeah. No.
0: You know what that's from?
2: Okay. They could actually. Don't test me. The Teen Titans. They okay, have,
0: they have the characters ding, ding. for booyah, so they could. But
2: it would it booyah. Like, What's booyah. in the? <laughs> it's almost like booyah. Meow. What's <laughs> the? What do
0: the army say? Booyah. Hoorah! Booyah! You can say booyah. Wait,
2: do booyah. do the, the 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 army guys say hoorah? Right?
1: No, he say hua. The marines say hoorah.
2: Hoorah sounds kind of kind of badass. <laughs> that's that's the army guy speaking. You know, of. in
0: <laughs> in China, I think they do. They say oos.
2: Really? Oos mm-hmm. and for the army army guys in China.
0: Maybe it's like. Do
2: you remember when we someone? got with, we got stopped by those army guys in China? What was what was going on there? Oh wait, no, wait, that was me and Leo. Never mind. They that they took like, on the dogs. Actually, no, it's probably because of the abandoned radio tower we went to. It's probably why. But it was abandoned though. It was Soviet era. So I'm just, no, we
0: were hiking one time and we approached some building and some guy well, ran down. What, what did that like, guy say? Hello. No,
2: he ye- he yelled something too, and I heard dogs when we were going up. I have no idea. Did we ever find that World War Two bunker?
0: One of
2: them. One of them? Did we? Maybe two. And then the bats chased us and you were talking about that German girl that you... um
1: Made love with.
2: Sure.
0: Sure. I consummated her.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Laid with her in the biblical sense.
2: <laughs> the German is not very romantic, so... It's not. It's hideous. Oh, yeah. This is so romantic. <laughs> <laughs> ich, liebe, <laughs> ich liebe dich. Sorry, Germany. Ich liebe dich.
1: Oh na, ich
2: liebe dich. so schön. Oh. It depends. Actually when girls speak German, very, very doesn't do it for me. You met what German girls you know? Um all really? of them. <laughs> no, some <I> of them <laughs> the ones all. with Zilkie no Zilki. Zilki was Zilke. totally <laughs> Zilki. Sorry, Zilkie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Zilki. <laughs> I'm sorry, Zilkie. I l you're such a good Do we girl.
1: do we have any German <laughs> good girls? <laughs> do we have any German listeners? Probably, but no. no, we
2: do. No, a day on. Really? Oh wait, no, no, no! Don't say anything. You the just, military guy, my buddy.
0: Yeah. I wasn't gonna say anything bad. I said, there was.
2: There was <clears> a, no, no, say everything bad. There's attractive, <laughs> attractive. He's in the army. He's very
0: attractive German girls. I'll tell
1: you what was I
2: her know. name. Remember Vincent? I hated him. He was. He wasn't German. He was Swedish.
1: Swedish. Germ- Germans have some <laughs> weird fucking porn. Oh whoa! That I heard about from uh, you. Why do you keep
2: bringing this? You bring this no. up to me when I was when we were going to college. I remember I, this, <laughs> and it was in the lunchroom too. It was in the lunchroom. I remember you brought this up because I was talking about Germany. Right? I was
1: innocent before
2: I very, stumbled upon very this. dark
0: stuff. Right? Very dark. Yeah. You, yeah, Europe. As far as they're like,
2: I thought this was a PG show, man. No,
1: why would you ever just, think it's that? It's
2: too late. Yeah. We can never be put on YouTube. As
1: I was ruined by German porn, so too shall this show be. I by tell us. Das, das, das Deutsch porn.
2: No, but one thing about... Oh, speaking about not German porn, but speaking about the ger- the quirks of the German language. I mean, every language has its quirk. For example, in German, one thing that's very interesting is the compound words, right?
1: Yeah, they're super, super so they ha- specific. They have
2: the compound words could be... um Yeah, they're compounds, so they can be divided into segments. So, for example there's a for one phenomenon in german called to the uh, uh, I'm trying to go from english to German as Panic is a word in German that means the panic of like the fear of of uh opportunities being close to you it's a very specific emotional phenomenon wow uh, and then to means tua i mean tua means How do you door. Say wonderful it's <laughs> <Es funderschen. laughs> and then um <laughs> So, schluss means close, and panic means panic. So, to schluss, panic means the... It's the word together.
1: What's the longest compound German word?
2: Oh, wow. let me look up a long... long.
1: The most specific.
0: Hanschuh.
2: Hanshu is amazing. <laughs> but that's a funny, quirky way of learning languages. Like, if you learn vocabulary with these, like, funny meanings. Hammer?
0: Yeah, it's probably...
2: Whom- I think it's Huma.
0: Easier with romantic languages. I tried to do that's the same ab- with Asian languages. Bec- sometimes can make it work, ab- but
2: Abstimmungsbekanntmachung. Oh my God. I haven't lear- uh, talked in German for a long that's time. That's all one
1: word, right? Uh,
2: Schwangerschaftsvorbereitungskurs.
1: Yes, a course that helps young women to learn about th- and prepare for pregnancy. Yeah.
0: Go ahead, read it back for
2: The Schwangerschaftsvorbereitungskurs. Uh,
0: why is course not its own word though? Course, <laughs> yeah, no, it's um
2: course.
0: But why is it just one word? Cause
2: they're having you know fun. The <laughs> <leave them alone. laughs> you know
0: what
1: the you know my favorite German word <laughs> is? Rund zu bin Oh fuck.
2: Rindfleisch. Oh my god, I can't even say this. Rindfleisch. Oh my God, I can't even say that either.
1: All right, to any of you listeners out there the that Ch- want to learn Chinese, go ahead, hit us up, we'll help you out. If you're looking to learn the crazy Deutsch, go ahead and hit up Gene. Schottenfreude. As you
2: can see, he's an expert.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I can help you in general if you were Oh, this is a very canon. interesting one.
2: Überallusigkeit. The painful realization that you can only live your life in one place at a time. God. That's a very. Sp- Germans are very philosophical. Uh, uh, that's something that got me into German was reading. Uh, I, I can't Kant. imagine having that, Kant.
0: that thought.
2: Nope. Uh
1: Ah, I, I'm saying it wrong. Of,
0: what is it? The fear of living?
1: The fear of, un- of realizing you can only live in one spot at a time.
0: Who has that thought?
1: Germans. Hey,
2: there's one guy. Come on. Give yeah. him and some props. And so they gave him a word?
0: Sure.
1: He you, gave himself a word. They're, they're very
2: progressive now.
0: you get your word. This yeah, is <laughs> everybody gets a word. <laughs> You get
2: your word. Don't worry.
0: Uh, the fear. It's so
1: when you turn eighteen, <laughs> I'm so proud of you. You get to register your word with the main central government. <laughs> your
0: Congratulations. Fe- your fear word.
2: <laughs> I mean, some some German words are a lot easier, like Bundeswehr, the German German armed for- forces. The autobahn. Autobahn, yeah. Uh, fish das in German is fish.
1: Das Auto. Das Auto. Fish.
2: Fish is fish. Um, bear is bear. Um, F. but it's a no the thing is Ursa. Uh, what's another German word that sounds similar um, link no Ma- link machine yeah machine engineer ingenua I think it's ingenua yeah I think from what I remember I haven't spoken German in a while fraulein I mean. fraulein. fraulein yeah
0: Fraulein. Universität? Universität. universität
2: universität that's the thing about the 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 U. Sometimes I don't know how to that's why it's crazy. You mm. Yeah. hmm mm, Let me find
1: Chinese. another. Uh, oh, you know what?
2: I've always hated to saying this word in German. Uh squirrel. I don't know what Streich Ein How about you know right, you know I'm I'm calling this one. We're just Germany now. Science. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, try to say this one. Science. Naturwissenschaften.
0: Natur no.
2: nope. Schüssenfassen. Schützenfassen. Actually, That just sounds like a real German Schnell. word. Schnell. Oh, Schnell. Was- Schneller. Schneller. There's another, uh, let me think another Dr. German word. Dr. Jones. That's German. <laughs> <laughs> Hearing myself speak German, I, I, I'm cringing because I felt like I used to be able to speak it better.
0: Schweinstager.
2: Netzminder. Vetigkeit. That's mean the Vetigkeit. The oppression that everybody is happier than you. Felt while looking at pictures on social media. <laughs> what? That must be a new one. That's, that's a new one. But the thing about German is that I think, like in yeah, you can just make any compound. It will be n-
1: hello. I'd like to register a new word. <laughs> <laughs> what is your new word? Well, I'm feeling quite peculiar right
2: now.
0: <laughs> How are you feeling?
2: <laughs> okay, you know what? We should make a. We should. Uh, here's another one. Here's another one. Have you uh, ever
1: had a strange itch inside your armpits, but when you scratch it, it doesn't go away? Ah, I don't believe we have a word for that one yet. Yes, I have a bunch of noises I'd like to register.
2: <laughs> here's one, here's
1: one. <laughs> I scratch it and it makes me feel inadequate. <laughs> I think this, this is... Uh, <laughs>
2: On a very deep level. <laughs> this is... Leichterung, which means the moment of extreme relief that comes after you barf when you're drunk.
1: That's an old word. I guarantee you that's ancient.
2: Oh, I have the kurz kurze Let me see. Let's see if I can find one that's easier. What's a What's a hard Chinese word? None, because None, yeah. they're all the same sound. Yeah. Oh, really? I mean, there's you like don't have like a long Chinese word you can think of? No, because they're like
1: this. It's syllab uh, syllable. But based, for some people, so
2: like the tones are
1: hard. Sure. But I mean even the there's only four of them and like as far as sounds go, I think there's like
2: Oh shit, I found a huge one. A hundred something sounds Fussball or something. Jesus. I think that's how you say it. Fuss, First bar Ball qualifikationsspiel something
1: about qualification.
2: Yeah, qualification. Yeah, it's a Football World Minister Society of Qualifications or something like that. I feel
1: like that could be multiple words. They're just thick.
0: yeah. What is he? <laughs> no, you know what? Let's so hear. Lazy with they're saving money on their text message.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> there it's not put spaces. Just one in word. It. <laughs> what
1: work?
0: do you mean you're charging me extra? <laughs> 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 There's no spaces. It's one word.
2: Okay, you know what? Every time you hear this, we're no, no, we going to start doing... The word
0: count in essays must be brutal. That me,
1: <laughs> My entire feelings about the book reports can be summed up in one word.
0: <laughs>
2: Look Suck at this. And, and I need a thousand words. <laughs> there are so many G- German words that just seem so normal, though. Der Mann, der Student, der Vater, der Architect, der Arzt, der Mechaniker, yeah, I, der Westen, I, Osten, I, Norden.
0: I understand... All that. Yeah. Yeah. Same.
2: Der Montag, der März, der Winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, der Neil. Daniel. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazonas. Amazon. Yeah. The I don't even know what the hell this one is. Der Kilmancharon. Kigos. Kegels. Kegels. Der Mount Everest. <laughs> yeah, <that's>, <laughs> <laughs> I'm li- I'm stumped. I don't know. <laughs> Pass. Is it a, is it a cocktail? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one's easy. The zonenblume. 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 Bloom means flower.
0: Bloom? How would that be easy then? Bloom. Um, bl-
1: instead of a like zone, kind of, I think kind of sun. bloom
2: like bloom like a flower. Flower blooms. So zonenblume. it's kind of like and zonen is zon sun. It sounds like sun though. Ice bar. Ice or bear. Sunflower. How about ice bear? Uh, polar bear, yeah. How about the Milkstrasse?
0: Milk, milkshake,
2: very close. Milky Way, the no. <laughs> stink bomba. stink bomb, yeah. That's lampenfieber. Oh.
1: You're not gonna get that
2: one. stage fright. <laughs> Ger- it's so interesting seeing like German, like and, and some English words. This- have, have you ever heard of uh, English? English, yeah, when Germans ch- try to say English words. with No, g- no, no. So
1: there was a linguistic exper- experiment where they tried to take out all words in English that have um, romance language Oh, like origins, French or Greek. Mm, that have origins from there and just preserve the Germanic words and then create new words to take the place of... The words that were taken away. So, for example, umbrella, which is from a uh, Romance language, they created a word sunshade, right? Mm. And so, it's it's that's kind of a trip. I've heard some videos of people doing. Uh, they speak it. Yeah, well, it's it's like I said, it's a linguistic experiment because so much of English was influenced by Romance languages, especially French and Latin. That they tried to, they wanted to see what it sound like if it like. The vowel shift still happened, but we still kept, like, German base words, specifically. And it's kind of a trip.
2: Have you heard of Old English, Alt-English?
1: I have. It's uh, it's hard to understand.
2: I can understand it because it's um very similar to German.
1: Oh, it's more German than what we speak now, yeah. Yeah,
2: Alt-English. Oh, the sound of English, here it is. English.
3: Of human I don't know how fourth speaking of mankind rights.
2: How accurate this is. All really beings are burn-free and alike Wait, what is this? Rights. Just say it. They're Just speak it. it.
3: They
1: are speaking it. Hail. Hi. Hello.
3: What say you? How do you do? How are you? Vocabulary. Tongue. Airtight. Name known.
2: Rain shade. Show player. What? But folk in German is folk as well. Well that's what they're and saying, Ren. yeah. That's folk. There was a wren who had made his nest in a wain house. He there with his skin. One day Can you hear this on your English?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. went out to look for some food to bring her the young birds yeah. After a while, the father wren went back home. What's been going on here? He asked. Has something happened? Your children look a to death. Dad, he said, a big monster came by only a little while ago. He glared into our nest with his big eyes, frightening us to death. I see, he said. Whither did he go? He went that way. Ye children bite here. Bid the father wren. I'm going to teach him a teaching you won't soon forget. Don't worry, children, I'll get him. So he went after the monster. He went at a bend on the road and saw a mean wildcat walking along. But the wren wasn't frightened.
2: This sounds like very like almost Shakespearean.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's I mean, it, it, for everyone listening, you can't see the. Um, like can they
2: actually th- hear? it, You think? You think it will show up on the?
1: I think it will. It's, I'm hearing Hopefully it. Hopefully, it's my loud enough. But um, for everyone listening, you can't read the, um, the the pure, the modern, actual English translation. Um, but you can definitely hear. So you can't tell too much of a difference in the simpler, the more simple parts. But when they start talking. And there's an obvious word that you're not familiar with, that's when it um it's clear. It's it's English. It's obviously English, but yeah. there's something slightly off. So it's kind of a cool little experience. Have you seen
2: this video? Interview with an Anglo Saxon in an old English? Yeah. Why does he <laughs> act like he's a caveman though? He's like they wouldn't have
0: Yeah, why is he gonna like homeless? <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: that's true, they made him look like he's just like just uh, sitting on the ground in the woods.
1: I mean, where else are you gonna find a speaker of Old English?
2: You know, I say Anglo Saxon in German, Anglo Saxon.
3: Okay. Imagine having
1: to listen to this shit if you were in <laughs> an <England> Indian back then. <laughs> I'm Anglin.
0: I'm not a fan.
2: I'm kind of glad the Rome the. Yeah.
0: Uh, like chewing on a stick. Yeah. Why does he have to weird stuff?
2: Why does he have to chew on that? <laughs> He's making himself look like. What if I ask him? I need to know. Why were you doing this? My name is Baldrish.
1: Well, this is an interesting, so have you guys heard of uh, Scots?
0: Think
1: so Scots is a, another language besides Gaelic in Scotland. Oh. And what's interesting is a lot of people think that it's a dialect of, of English. What's really cool about it is it kind of is a cousin to english so when the the anglo saxons came over the the uh when they they invaded they invaded in the southwestern part or southeastern part of Scotland as well as like the bulk of england and so when they brought their version of like Germanic languages there they both they they came at two different places. And English kind of became the English we know today. Scots developed uh, differently. So it it developed along a kind of parallel route as modern English. So you can understand some of it, but when you hear them really going off, it sounds a lot of similarities to Old English, a lot of the older Um, vocabulary. Beowulf
2: was written in Old English. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, Beowulf. But yeah, so Scots is kind of a cool little cousin of english it's it's close to dying out because like i said most when the english were over in scotland doing their thing they kind of stopped speaking that trash so it's kind of dying out but it's a national language of scotland it still is yeah one of the one of the it's it's i think there's preservation acts especially. what do you
2: think of the lochness monster
1: uh, well one i think it's probably for another episode for two <laughs> i think that's pretty awesome Uh, If I'm being real,
2: wouldn't it be cool if they If they existed, Nessie, that would have been that would be awesome. All right, let's keep the Loch Ness monster for another
1: day. We definitely will.